Welcome everybody listening in. This is the August 4th Srimad Bhagavatam Discourse here in Dallas, Texas. Today we end Ekadashi, or we break our Ekadashi fast after 11.18 a.m. I believe that's what's given on the calendar. It's kind of unusual that there's not an earlier time and, and later time. In other words, a period of time for ending the fast. That's the first time I can remember there being only one time given for ending the fast. Today we're going to be reading in Srimad Bhagavatam. We're still in the first canto, the eighth chapter, and we'll finish the eighth chapter today with today's text, number 52. And before we attempt to do that, we will invoke the blessings, the presence of the Supreme Lord, asking Him to please give us words that are fitting and suitable to speak. My name is Rupa Nogadas. I'm very, gl- I'm very glad to be with you all. Jaya Ratha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Ratha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradhari Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Jamunati Ravanachari Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaigor Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jayom Vishnipar Paramahansa Paribhajaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimad His Divine Loving Grace of Hari Charanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jayom Vishnupad Paramahansa Paribhajaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimad's Divine Loving Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Goswami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnava Brindaki 
Iskan BBT founder charge Shil Prabhupadaki, Iskan Guru Paramparaki, Shirup Shi Sanatan Bhattaraganat, Shi Jiva Gopao Bhatta Dasaraganat Sadko Sami Prabhuki, Nama Charja Shila Haridastakurki, Prem Jikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda, Shi Advaita Gadadhar, Shi Vasadi Gora Bhaktarindaki, Shishri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radakun Yirigovadana ki Shri Vandavandam ki Shri Maturadam ki Shri Mayapunabhadvit dam ki Shri Jagannath Puridam ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachandi dam ki Ganga Devi ki Yamuna Mai ki Tulsi Devi ki Bhakti Devi ki Sambhavira Bhakti Vrinda ki Brihat Vedanga Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution ki Nitagora Premananda. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namo Vishnavadaya Krishna Vistaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namase Sarasmati Deva Gaudabani Pacharine Nivisha Shinivadi Pashantya De Shatarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanurottamam Devim Sadasvatim Yasan Tato Jayam Odirayat Nasta Prishavabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhakti Bhavadi Naistiki Jantara Shiva Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Vyasadeva Ki Jai this morning we're reading, as I mentioned earlier, in Canto 1, we're finishing chapter 8 by reciting text number 52. Text number 52. You see the board? Okay. So we'll do word for word repetition. Yatha, Pankena, Pankamba, Suraya Va Surakritam Bhuta Hatyam Tathaivaikam Na Yagyair Marstum Arhati Now all together in poetry form. Yatha Pankena Pankamba Suraya Vasura Kritam Bhuta Hatyam Tatai Vaikam Nayagyair Mastum Arhati Yatha Pankena Pankam Pankamba 
Surayaya Suraya Vasura Kritam Bhuta Hatyam Tataivaikam Nayagyair Mastum Arhati Can I please? Tapankena Pankampa Surayava Sukha Surakritam Buddha Hatyam Tataivaikam Nayagir Mastamahati We hope that everyone at home or in your car on the way to work were chanting along with us. So word for word translations. Yata as much as Pankena by the mud Panka Amba water mixed with mud Suraya by wine Va either Surakritam, impurity caused by the slight touch of wine. Slight touch of good. Bhutahatyam, killing of animals. Tata, like that. Eva, certainly. Ekam, one. Na, never. Yagyayi, by the prescribed sacrifices. Marstum, to counteract. Arhati, is worthwhile. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. <coughs> As it is not possible to filter muddy water through mud, or purify a wine-stained pot with wine. It is not possible to counteract the killing of men by sacrificing animals. Purport by His Divine Grace. Ashwamedha Yagyas, Gomeda Yagyas. Sacrifices in which a horse or a bull is sacrificed were not, of course, for the purpose of killing the animals. Lord Chaitanya said that such animals sacrificed on the altar of Yajna were rejuvenated and a new life was given to them. It was just to prove the efficacy of the hymns of the Vedas. So if we're ever asked why there were sacrifices in the past of sacrifices of animals, this is, this is one statement that can answer that question. It was just to prove the efficacy of the hymns of the Vedas. So if the result was there, then we presume then that the Vedas are correct and that the recitation was also perfectly done. Read on by Prabhupada. By recitation of the hymns of the Vedas in the proper way, certainly the performer gets relief from the reactions of sin. Sins, but in case of such sacrifices improperly done under inexpert management, 
Surely one has to become responsible for animal sacrifice. Means if the animal is indeed killed and is not given new life, then the sacrifice did not work properly. In this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, there is no possibility of performing the yagyas perfectly for want of expert brahmanas who, were, who are able to conduct such yagyas. Maharaj Yudhisthira therefore gives a hint to performing sacrifices in the age of Kali. In the Kali Yuga, the only sacrifice recommended is the performance of Harinam Yagya, inaugurated by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Notice that, the only sacrifice recommended. But one should not indulge in animal killing and counteract it by performing the Harinam Yagya. Those who are devotees of the Lord will never kill an animal for self-interest. And as the Lord ordered, ordered Arjuna, they do not refrain from performing the duty of a chatriya. The whole purpose, therefore, is served when everything is done for the will of the Lord. This is possible only for the devotees. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jaina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namah Sri Chaitanya Marovishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Svayam Rupahakada Maya Dadati Svavarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishagan Vitamscha he Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindavaneshwadi Vrishabanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubascha Kripas and Nibyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebyo Vaishnavibyo Namo Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sadikor Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Shri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane So today we're going to talk a little bit about getting free from the reactions of sense based on what we've read in the translation, the text in other words, and in the purport, Srila Prabhupada's purport. Everybody wants to get free from so-called bad reactions. In other words, actions that reactions that come about from the performance of material activities and speaking materialistic words. 
Everything, there's reactions that come from everything. My spiritual master once said that even when you strike a match, you commit sinful activities by killing uh, different kinds of bacteria and such that are in the atmosphere around you. So every, everything in the material world brings about some form of reactions except for that which is done for the purpose of the uh, following, uh, well, let's see, what's the last couple of sentences here in the purport? The whole purpose, therefore, is served when everything is done for the will of the Lord. This is possible only for the devotees. And I forgot to read the last part here. Thus in the Bhakti Vedanta reports of the first canto, eighth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Prayers by Queen Kunti and Parikshit Saved. So they, the Vedas prescribe rituals, certain rituals, to free oneself from reactions. But uh, the ones that we read about in the Bhagavatam, Hare Krishna, good morning. The ones we read about are are uh, coming from a different uh, time period, generally speaking, uh, in order to perform uh, uh, the Ashwamedha sacrifice, the horse sacrifice. That Srila, uh, that, um, Sri, um, Yudhishthir Maharaj, uh, performed. I think he performed three Ashwamedha sacrifices. But it requires an enormous amount of wealth. And you have to send out a sacrificial horse throughout the world and get the, uh, get the submission, the subordination of all the kings of the world. Um, so, first of all, we, we can't do either of those. We can't accumulate a great amount of wealth. We can't, we can't subordinate all the kings of the world or the heads of state. And then, even if we could, we have no qualified brahmanas. And this is mentioned here also in, uh, in the purport, um, that, uh, that in this age that they have it has to be done they have to be done properly under expert management or otherwise one becomes responsible for animal killing so because there are no qualified brahmanas to chant the vedic mantras during the sacrifice then it's not possible to prove the efficacy or in other words the effectiveness of those mantras, it's not. It does. It can't. We can't prove that they are actually uh, real, bona fide, uh, because there are no expert brahmanas for, or no qualified brahmanas that are capable of speaking all those um, mantras that are required. And furthermore, the uh, these sacrifices that are mentioned are not being recommended for the age of Kali. Um, Mainly because of those two or three things, uh, we can't we can't subdue all the uh, emperors or all the uh, heads of state of the world. We can't do that. Um, we we don't have adequate wealth uh, because all the implements are supposed to be made out of pure gold, as I understand it, and uh, and then there has there has to be a lot of wealth that are, is distributed to the brahmanas and other classes of people in society. So these these uh, are, are disqualifications for the age of Kali. 
we can't we can't accomplish it. And um, we are unable to refrain from performing adverse actions again, even though we go through the process of, of relieving ourselves of sins. So this this was a topic that was addressed by Parikshit Maharaj, who was seated on the bank of the of the I think the Jamuna, waiting for the snake bird to come and bring about his departure from this world. And he asked the question of Shukadeva Goswami, because he was asking, you know, how can how can I get freed from my sins? And Shukadeva Goswami was telling him, "You can do, you can perform this kind of sacrifice, that that kind." But uh, Parikshit Maharaj said, "Yes, but that's not going to keep me from wanting to commit those sins again." So the only the only recommendation then for this age of Kali is to accept the instructions of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who came 500 years ago. He was actually Krishna in disguised form. Instead of being bluish, blackish in color, as Lord Krishna appears, he, he, this is Lord Krishna taking, taking the bodily color and the mood of Srimati Radharani. So Lord Chaitanya appears then in this age, 500 years ago, right, you know, reasonably close to the beginning of the age of Kali. And he has a golden complexion. He's known as Gauranga, means one whose limbs are golden in color. And so in his instructions that he's given, these are instructions that come from Lord Chaitanya in our Shikshastakam prayers. Uh, Lord Chaitanya advises that uh, what we're supposed to do for we're supposed to uh, chant the holy names of the Lord in this age of Kali, because other types of sacrifices are not uh, are not possible to perform properly. And so Hari Nam are chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord of Lord Hari means Krishna. Uh, is the only means by which we can be released from all of our reactions. Not only good, so-called good reactions, bad reactions, but also good reactions. Because if we do something else to serve someone's material body, like, for example, if we simply offer to cure diseases, or we simply offer to provide uh, uh, foodstuffs to stop them from being hungry, uh, those also bear what we call good reactions. But they're not really good because in the sense that reactions are going to follow us and we have to take birth again in order to be able to accept the benefits of the good acts that we performed in previous life. Now when I say good, I mean those which are materially good. So what, what do we do then? We want to... Uh, we want to p- perform activities that bring about no reactions. And, and that, that is possible only for one who is serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And so taking the instructions of Lord Chaitanya as authoritative, we recognize that chanting of the holy names of the Lord, Harinam, is the only method of release from this material world. 
Otherwise, other activities that we perform in this world simply bring us back. And there's there's a there's a, a text regarding uh, working, the kind of work we do. Yagyartat karmano yantra loko yam karma bandana tat artam karma kuntia mukta sangha samachara means work has to be done as a sacrifice for Lord Vishnu. Otherwise, work simply binds one to this material world. So we have to follow in the footsteps of those persons who are already relieved from having to come back into this material world. And once one takes the process of, of bhakti yoga, or that's devotional service to the Supreme Lord, then one no longer has to worry about mukti because mukti is a servant of bhakti. We know that. And so as a result then, we uh, rid oneselves, oneself, uh, we rid ourselves of the tendency to perform sinful actions again, which is what uh, King Parikshit wanted to hear from Shukadeva Goswami. How do, what do I need to do? I can see that performing different kinds of sacrifices will keep me from, uh, from having to experience the reactions of my activities. But what's going to keep me from performing those sinful activities again? So that's, that comes about in the, as a result of chanting the holy names. So we have to understand the importance then of chanting the holy names. And it seems so simple that people who have studied a little bit of, of yoga and practiced different kinds of methods of yoga think that chanting the, just chanting the names of God, three names, Hari, Krishna, Rama, chanting those names uh, constantly throughout the day is, is going to relieve me, is going to provide me freedom from this material world. So Haridas Thakur, who was known as the Namacharya, was once uh, challenged like this by a person who wanted to show that he was wrong. And he says, if, if, uh, if, if, as a matter of fact, Haridas Thakur was preaching that not only does chanting the holy names of the Lord provide uh, freedom from this material existence, but it also helps to reawaken our dormant love for the Supreme Lord, without which, even if we get mukti, or liberation, we will not go back into the spiritual world until we come to the point of performing performing bhakti. So that has to be done. So uh, this is the only method, then, that is recommended for the age of Kali. Harinama, 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 Eva Kivalam, Kalon, Nasteva, 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 Gatir, Anyata. There is no other way, there is no other way, there is no other way to gain freedom than by chanting the holy names, chanting the holy names, chanting the holy names. And so one, then, as, as a result of chanting the names, his dormant love for Krishna is reawakened. And we say reawakened, not awakened, but reawakened. Because at one point in time, we all were residents of the spiritual world. But for some reason or other, because the slight amount of attraction to this material cosmos, this material manifestation of the Lord, because also we wanted to enjoy without having to 
recognize the authority of a supreme person. Uh, therefore, we have come into this material world. And we have spent many, many lifetimes, as we understand it, of all the numbers, of all the species, the different species that are present in this material world, there are 8,400,000 different varieties. And of those, 400,000 are considered to be of the human form, different gradations of human form. So these we have already been through. And we've also, if you're here sitting here in the temple room or if you're listening this morning to the chanting of Hare Krishna and to the discussion of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said that you have already performed all the the ritualistic sacrifices and you visited all the holy places of pilgrimage in this world. And now you've come to the point that you can chant the holy names of the Lord. And as a result, your dormant love for Krishna is reawakened. So we understand that um, uh, chanting the holy names enables us to avoid not only uh, uh, to not only to gain freedom from this, the offenses that we've committed, the sinful activities we've committed, but it enables us to avoid those sinful activities uh, that we would ordinarily commit again and again. Just like a person who goes into the hospital to be, uh, to have his body, uh, you know, worked on uh, so that he can get rid of something that he's, he's gained. Like, you know, so many things come from the eating of animal flesh. So many different kinds of problems come to the human body. And so the, so people who, have eaten meat all their lives, as many of us did in the early part of our lives, until I was about 29 years old. I was what we call an omnivore. My wife and I were omnivores. We didn't know that we were just supposed to. And yet, two years before we ever met the Hare Krishnas, I heard the name Krishna, we decided to give up the eating of animal flesh, meat, fish, and eggs. And we, we didn't have... A, a spiritual reason for doing that, but we just chose to do it. And as it turns out, it was very beneficial to us when we actually did eventually come into contact with the devotees of Krishna. Because they, you know, they were saying, give up eating of animal flesh. And we said, we've already done that. No problem. That's no problem. So it was much easier for us than to take to bhakti, to the devotional service of the Lord. Um, and so we were able to avoid all kinds of sinful activities then when we started reading the philosophy and chanting the holy names of the Lord. Eventually, we were able not only to give it up, but to lose the taste for it. Not only did we lose the taste for the eating of flesh and, and meat, fish, and eggs, uh, but we also lo- lost the taste for many activities that we were performing that we didn't understand previously were sinful activities, like, for example, using intoxication. Everybody in the society that we were around practically used intoxication, and so we did too. And so, but when we took up a devotional service to the Supreme Lord, we found out that we could give up those things. As a matter of fact, we could give them up immediately. That didn't mean that we gave up the taste for those activities and those foodstuffs and that intoxication. We did not give up the taste for that immediately. But gradually over time, by continuing to perform devotional service 
especially the chanting of the holy names, then the taste gradually went away and we no longer desired those things anymore. So not only does it help us to um, to give up the taste for it, but it actually helps us to helps us to develop an attraction for the spiritual world. We begin to see the uh, what a miserable condition of life many people living in this world. Even though when they're at the peak of their youth, the peak of their popularity, the peak of their uh, professions, uh, it seems that they're not really suffering. But if you haven't suffered in this material world from, for some reason or another, then it's said you just haven't lived long enough. Because if you live long enough, you will suffer. And then happiness becomes just a respite. It means a brief interlude, brief relief from the suffering. And if we can get there by use of intoxication or illicit sex or some other means then we think of that as happiness, even though it might last for only a few moments or might last for a few hours or even for a day or so. But eventually we have to come down from that, and usually we're suffering more after that than we were suffering beforehand. So no material wealth or facilities are required for this taking up the process of chanting Hare Krishna. Uh, uh, some people think that the devotees are, are going out distributing books, distributing literature, asking people to chant the holy names just so that they will open their pocketbooks. Not so. Krishna is the wealthiest person of all. And Krishna is giving his devotees everything they need. Not too much, but as much as they can handle. And so we find that even though we are living very simply, still we have uh, we are developing that high taste that we see in other people around us. We begin to develop an attraction for the spiritual world once we hear what it's like. Especially, you know, the first thing you hear is that Vaikunta is the name for the spiritual world. It means that place where there's no anxiety. Isn't that a nice thought? No anxiety in the material world. So, chanting Hare Krishna is the easiest sacrifice that we can perform. And it requires practically no uh, material wealth at all. No material facilities. Even if you're homeless out on the street, and, and what you have on your, in your backpack that you carry around with you is all that you possess, still, you can chant the holy names of the Lord. And it doesn't cost you a penny. And if you're lucky enough to come upon a a temple community such as this, where you have devotees, uh, you can probably also get something very nice to eat to satisfy your appetite. So we, uh, we, the the last thing I want to talk about with regarding to uh, per- performing bhakti yoga, chanting the holy names, is that we develop attributes which are actually attractive. You know, many people that you see today have some really disgusting habits. Uh, many times they're not clean. So one of the first things that we learn as devotees is to give up bad habits and to take up practice the practice of cleanliness. So we uh, we like to we like to uh, dress in clean garments, even though they might be very simple, like just like the dhoti that I'm wearing now, 
what simpler kind of garment could you get than that? And it's not the kind that I wear all the time, but I recognize that it's a very nice type of material. It, it is cool to wear in the summertime, or you can get thick, thick dotis and sadis to wear in the wintertime, and you can get, you know, just very simple cloth. It's just like even the sari is one long piece of cloth. What, about six yards or something? I can't remember exactly. My wife could tell me. Uh, but uh, it's very simple uh, to maintain. You know, you just wash it, put it on the, out on the line, and just let it dry. And within a very short time, it's dry, it is clean, and you can, you can wear it again. And that's a very nice thing. Dodies are very inexpensive to purchase. They, they only cost a fraction of some of the clothes that people are wearing now. So we take up habits of cleanliness. Uh, uh, one thing that we do is that we treat the earth as our mother. You know, it is said that whoever gives you nourishment, uh, provides you nourishment, especially milk, any creature that provides you milk is your mother in effect. And that's one of the reasons that we don't believe in even herding a cow, what to speak of killing the cow. Because the cow is freely giving us more milk than we can possibly consume. And, and then all kinds of other products, uh, dahi or yogurt and, uh, and uh, uh, um, uh, curd, milk curd, is, what do we call it, paneer. Is made is made from milk. So many varieties of sweets and also other kinds of eatables coming from milk, and that's the reason. So we're treating the earth and its inhabitants with great respect and dignity, and the animals, especially the cow, because the cow is one of the most useful animals. Even if she's not giving milk, even even if she's just walking around her field, passing dung and urine. Uh, these are the best natural fertilizers that we know of. We have a farm about 45 minutes drive from here, out in Terrell, Texas, just beyond Terrell, Texas. And um, uh, the person whose farm it is, Radhanath Prabhu, uh, he has a great appreciation for the, for the cow dung, and he has horses there too. And so the waste products from those animals then are used to improve the land and to make it rich and fertile. And even if the cow and the horse are not performing any particularly useful activity, like working, you know, as is done in some societies, they, they perform very useful work. Oxen, very good at, at doing all kinds of very hard labor, as are horses and mules, and uh, But even if they're not performing those activities, because we don't know how to do those things nowadays in this generation, our parents' generation, maybe they knew how to work the oxen, or maybe our grandparents' generation, uh, but in this generation, we, we don't know how. But still, it is useful to have those animals around, even though they're not doing anything else than eating the grass and passing stool and urine, because the the land becomes much richer. And in the state of Texas, well, all over the world, I guess, people have taken to the use of chemical fertilizers, chemical insecticides and pesticides so much that everything is poisoned and the land is becoming very infertile. So we're not treating the earth as our mother. We're not doing the best things for her. But the devotees who, are, are, who have farm, farming communities now, 
they they recognize the importance of every product that the animal produces, and therefore they they uh, they use them to help to create a, a much more pleasing environment than we've ever known previously. Uh, one a couple one a couple of other things that I, I noticed about what taking to the process of bhakti yoga does is that it, it frees us from our lower class habits and our speech. And this is something that to me is, is pretty important and that I, I want to emphasize it, especially for the devotees who are listening in by radio, telephone, or, or internet, that um, we as devotees, we try to learn to abstain from using all kinds of foul language. Now I know that some devotees still have that uh, have that propensity or have the, have that tendency sometimes to use language that you hear being used out in society today, which is reprehensible. It, no person who of a higher class would ever use the kinds of I mean, even the heads of state nowadays. It's not unusual to hear them using language that in the past, you know, 50 years ago, people, you know, people of higher class in polite society would never use the kind of language that is now just being used all the time. You hear it on the radio, you see it on television, hear it on television, and uh, people have just gotten in, into these really bad habits. In other words, they say that, what is it, that water seeks its level? Water seeks its lowest level. It will always run downhill. It will find the lowest spot. Water does that, you know, because of gravity. And and similarly, some people choose to seek the lowest level in their in the way of speaking and in their personal habits. They they will do whatever the lowest segments of society are performing. And I find that that's very regrettable. So uh, when we take to Krishna consciousness, then we learn that we need to give up the speech that is not fit for gentlemen and ladies. We don't just we just don't use it. And uh, and finally, uh, we become very compassionate to other people, not only to animals but to the other people around us. We become very compassionate, and we want to help them. Uh, to raise their standards of God consciousness so that they too can experience a happier life while they're still on this planet. And, and then when they leave this planet and, and, and go to their next destination, uh, they will do as Srila Prabhupada has pointed out and as Lord Krishna said, uh, that whatever state of, of being you obtain, uh, at, toward the, by the end of your life, to that state you will attain without fail. In other words, what you do throughout your life, the habits, the kind of habits you have formed, the kinds of thoughts that are in your mind, the kinds of words that are coming out of your mouth, will determine your next destination. So we find it then uh, very instructive in this in this verse that we read today. And I'll read it one more time. This is the translation of this. Uh, this is the 52nd text of chapter 8, canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. As it is not possible to filter muddy water through mud or purify a wine-stained pot with wine, 
It is not possible to counteract the killing of men by sacrificing animals. So we, we're, what, what we're reading about right now is the, uh, the society is, has just come to the end of one of the greatest fratricidal wars that we have known in our, in the past uh, few, few thousands of years. And that was the Battle of Kurukshetra, right at the end of the previous Yuga, 5,000 years ago. And now the person who has become emperor, uh, as a result of this battle, is lamenting. This is Yudhisthira, King Yudhisthira. He's one of the five Pandava brothers. He's the, he's the leader. And he's also, uh, the son of, of Damaraj, or Yamaraj. Uh, who is the who is the Lord of Death in this material world? So King Yudhisthira then is, is he's a highly principled person, and he he wants to somehow or other get, become freed from the reactions that he feels he's going to have to take by uh, being the reason the whole battle of Kurukshetra was was uh, enacted. Uh, and of course, even though he's been told by Krishna, and 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 then he will be told also by Bhishma Dev, who is lying on the on the battlefield with his his whole body covered with arrows, but he he is lying there until he's ready to depart from his body, and he he eventually will talk to Yudhisthira Maharaj, and and inform him that uh, that. Everything that took place is by the will of the Supreme Lord, Krishna. Nothing within, we have a saying, not even a blade of grass moves in all the three worlds within this universe without the sanction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Krishna is then, he's in everyone's heart. He is, is speaking to them as the super soul or paramatma or, or antaryami. Or super soul, he's known by three those three names. He's also known as um, 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 one one of the Vishnu forms of like Shiro Shiro Dakshayi Vishnu, the form of the Lord Lord Vishnu who comes into this material world and lies down on the ocean of milk, which is in the um, the planet of of uh, what's it called the polar the polar star uh, what we know as the north star that's actually a vaikuntha planet did you know and it's uh it's 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 uh presided over by druva maharaj uh for those of you who are familiar with those things so uh, the Lord, uh, Lord is speaking within the heart of all living entities, advising them what they should do. But many times they're not willing willing to listen to him and speaking within their heart. So if they're very fortunate, then they come into contact with a person, a person in a human form who is a representative of the Supreme Lord Vishnu, Krishna, and uh, who is able then to direct them in such a way that they can become free from all their sinful acts simply by taking to the devotional service of the Supreme Lord, in particular the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. 
And with that, I think we shall stop and ask if anyone would like to make any comments or if anyone has any questions that they would like to pose. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Those of you who are here in the Temple Compound, those of you who are listening in by radio, telephone, or Internet, we're very glad that you've chosen to spend part of your day with us um, um, listening to a bit of philosophy, listening to this glorious Purana, the spotless Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it is to you that we offer our respectful obeisances, the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned soul. Vanchakalpa tarubhyas cha kripasindabhyevacha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha ananta koti vaishnavrindaki jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai Sri Sri Vatha Kalachanjidam ki jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bhav